0: Well, this is Ed Stetzer Live, and this and every Saturday at this time, we have conversations, really, I hope, of interest to you, certainly of interest to me, and based on your responses, of interest to you as well. Let me encourage you, as always to go to edstetzerlive.com. And when you do, you'll be able to find all of our old programs. Um, well, we don't to call them old programs. All of our previously aired programs. But also, too, you can subscribe to this program via a podcast. People often say to me, and I miss that. And, you know, we're, we recognize we're on 250 outlets across the country. But um, that doesn't mean that you're listening Saturday at this time each and every week. So uh, last week, we had Stan Jans from The Chosen talking about what they're about to launch in, in Season 4. Uh, We we talked about uh, John Allen Chow. Many of you may have seen the National Geographic documentary uh, on the mission. Uh, and with, and so I actually had Sam George on, who's actually from that area to talk some about global missions. Uh, and before that we talked to Awana president and CEO, Matt Markins. So this uh, about child discipleship. And there's this last few weeks, last few weeks, there's all kinds of good conversations coming when invite you to be a part of those. And in doing so, uh, subscribing to the podcast is pretty consistently the easiest way to do that and sort of to keep up and follow along. Anyway, my name is Ed Stetzer. If I didn't say that, I am the dean of the Talbot School of Theology here in Biola uh, at Biola University. So we're in Southern California, My broadcasting for my studio here at Mariner's Church. And uh, super excited to be able to talk with our guest today. We're both in California. Now, she's been in California a long time, but I'm just a newbie in California. And did I mention it's the end of January and 72 degrees and sunny today? I shouldn't have mentioned that because for the last seven years, I've lived in Wheaton. All our Moody Radio teams in Chicago. I don't know the temperature there. Maybe maybe Bob should send me a note and I can share with you. But All right. So let me just tell you who our guest is today, who I mentioned as I mentioned, is also here in California, Kara Powell. She's a name that some of you will know, and more of you should. She's the Chief of Leadership Formation and Executive Director of the Fuller Youth Institute at Fuller Theological Seminary. Uh, She's named by Christiane today as one of 50 women to watch. She serves as a youth and family strategist for Orange. Some of you are familiar with their resources. Speaks regularly at parenting and leadership conferences. That's where we run into one another, and we've had this little tradition, occasionally get a breakfast at these. The last time we were together, that got messed up, but we visited anyway. Uh, Kara has authored and co-authored lots of books that a lot of us have found super helpful, including... Uh, the book we have talk, we're going to be talking about today, which is Faith Beyond Youth Group, Five Ways to Form Character and Cultivate Lifelong Discipleship. We actually have five copies of Faith Beyond Youth Group that we're going to be sharing with callers, not just to call up and say, I like a copy of the book, but have brilliant questions and comments for us, as you always do, as our callers here on Ed Stetzer Life. We're thank you, thankful for you. So, Kara, uh, welcome, to the pro- welcome back to the program. You've been on the program before.
1: Uh, yeah, it's wonderful to be with you, Ed. I always enjoy these conversations with you and your listeners.
0: Well, good, good, good stuff. We uh, we could call you a friend of the show. I understand if you're here like two or three times, you're a friend of the show. So welcome, Kara Powell, friend of the show. So you've got, I mean, you've kind of been... I mean, you've had all different kinds of roles, you know, leading at Fuller. And, and, uh, and I, I think I told you recently I met with the president of Fuller Seminary, David Goatley, praying for him in his new role. We pray for Fuller just down the road here at Talbot. Um, but you have been in this, uh, in this passion that you had and, and led so many others in these conversations around uh, what we might call student ministry, depending upon when you talked about this, like youth group age. How do teenagers? step into young adulthood with a robust faith. And and I just want to go back to kind of the, the earlier days. What, I mean, because now you sort of are so significant in this space, you brought together all these ministries and leaders to talk about how to do this better. But how did this become of interest to you?
1: Well, you know, Ed, when you ask that question, I think immediately of a story. uh, So I'll go ahead and share it. I was a sophomore in college, praying about what God was calling me toward. I was interested in student ministry. But my parents are both attorneys, and I saw the good that uh, attorneys could do in our world. I know, attorneys and student ministry, so very similar.
0: It's, um, I'm, and, I'm looking forward to how this bridge ends up. Yeah, right now, I'm stuck totally, on one side of it. but yeah, <laughs>
1: Totally. Well, we'll see if we can cross it together.
0: Right, um, and go.
1: so and there was one particular afternoon when I was driving in my car near my college and pulling into the shopping mall to buy a birthday gift for my mom, and in the, and this was after months, really a few years of seeking God's will for my future, wasn't sure, you know, being in ministry with young people or being an attorney, and as I pulled into the parking space, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, not audibly, I've never heard God speak audibly, but the Holy Spirit said to my, my spirit, I'm breaking your heart for the needs of young people. And I sat there in my car and, and cried, I drove up into the mountains, grabbed a sub sandwich and prayed for much of the afternoon and evening. And, and that night as a college sophomore over frozen yogurt, told my friends, you know, I think God called me to student ministry today. So, you know, there was that particular moment in my life, as well as I just always been drawn to young people. When I drive by a, a middle school or a high school, I get excited about seeing what young people are up to. I want to talk to young people. I just see the potential young people have to be changed by Christ to change our world. So in the midst of all the leadership responsibilities I have at Fuller, I try to spend at least 50 percent on young people and the leaders and family members who are investing in them.
0: That's so cool. You know, I was over at your house last time, had a sandwich. I got yes. to meet your daughter. And uh, and I it, you know, it was like a it was like a glimpse. Whenever, you know, I have three daughters, three amazing daughters. My my one's been texting me this morning, she's gonna she's gonna run for something and you know, in college and she's you know, sending me her headshots, say, What do you think? This this one, this one, this one. It just brings, you know, I like I love it when my now young adult children uh, ask anything, talk about anything, share anything. And yet, I mean, the, a lot of the reality for a lot of parents is they they kind of find that when those uh, teenage years come. I'm I just started a small group at our church. I mean, I started attending a small group at our church, and and we're a lot of us are similar in age. I think they probably planned that when they planned the group. It's called Rooted at Mariners Church, anyway. And so, so one of the couples was talking about how they, um, you know, they their their kid called and it was like. <gasps> Our, our, our young adult daughter called. I forget if it was a young <laughs> adult daughter or a son. And we all sort of feel like we, if our kids sort of reach out. So yeah. we spend yeah. – uh, I heard somebody say – I don't know if it's true or not. We spend you know 18 years every day with them, and then the rest of their life we get like one year total combined <laughs> – with them. So, I mean, it is like, it is like a cliff that, that, and then you may call back, you're like, yes. So, and this is where a lot of the spiritual questions come in as well. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that in this book, and let me remind everyone the name of the book, it's Faith Beyond Youth Group, Five Ways to Form Character and Cultivate Lifelong Discipleship. And I I should mention too, Kara is, is one of, one of the authors was actually three of them, correct? Kara Powell, Jen Bradbury, and Brad Griffin are the uh, co-authors of that. All right. So And I remember this study that came out. It was a LifeWay research study back when I was uh, running LifeWay research. And um, Kathy Grossman from USA Today, she's a great religion reporter. Uh, She called up and, you know, she's always looking for the pithy line. And and I said, you know, that one of the things our research showed is, you know, dropout rates and people talk about that. And, and she said, well, what are the implications of this? And I said, well, it just one of the things is your youth group can't be a four year holding tank with pizzas. And okay. and it was interesting, kind of got picked up and some people got mad at me because I wasn't saying that all youth groups are. But I also would say that, I mean, one of the things your research in this book, I mean, and and the Fuller Youth Institute pointing us to, is that youth groups aren't producing the kind of robust discipleship and life change that we want. So why is it important that we're talking about youth ministry today? Yeah.
1: Well, I think if we look around at what's happening with young people, research showing that about one out of two young people from great churches and great families like your listeners here, Ed, about one out of two young people drift from God and the faith community after they graduate from youth group. Um, and that's heartbreaking for us as parents and aunts and uncles, grandparents, leaders, mentors who care about young people. And you know, to your point, what we've seen in our research is a lot of young people, they, uh, they think about God when they're at church Period. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And so, you know, they might think about God, that's 75 minutes. um, But we want them to think about God all seven days. So what we tried to do with this research is help the the tentacles of what happens at youth group extend all week long and all lifelong. So that, you know, as you talk about your small group, as we think about our adulting children now or eventually they will be passionate about their faith and want to be in a faith community. So, so, you know, that was the motivation that drove our research is long-term lasting 24 seven faith.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think ultimately that that's part of what we desire. And, you know, that's one of the reasons we did that research project is what's the dropout rate, what's the return rate, you know, those kinds of things. Cause you know, there's a bad stat that floated around for a while that many of our listeners may have heard like 86 or 88, depending upon what version of the bad stat, of uh, evangelicals drop out of church after high school never to return and of course you can't study never to return and the stats aren't there right. but the stats aren't right. great um yeah. you know it's I right. mean, there are significant dropouts and some come back people might take some comfort in that however uh, the percent of come back is actually declining, and not only is it declining it's it's moving back in other words the yep. because people are getting married later and having kids later so I mean the there are real challenges for us to address here and I, that, that's part of what I'm excited about talking about today uh, with you and I want to also invite our callers as well we're gonna, we always take calls here our phone number is eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five My guess is you might have questions about your own kids or grandkids and how do you engage them you know what might you expect the questions that they might bring to be Uh, our number again is 877-548-3675 we're talking about faith beyond youth group going to give away some copies as well last time for the phone number 877-548-3675 Hey, we're back, and we're back with Kara Powell. And I know this is going to be an important conversation to lots of folks. As a matter of fact, you might want to text a friend, say, hey, you know, we're talking about you know engaging and students and that youth group age, youth ministry age, and, uh, and helping them stay connected in church because the calls are already coming in, and I want to invite you to join us online as well. Uh, you can you can listen online, you can also drop questions there or call in at 877 548 Three, six, seven, five. Kara Powell is the co-author of "Faith Beyond Youth Group: Five Ways to Form Character and Cultivate Lifelong Discipleship." Now, a uh, couple of things here that uh, might be helpful to frame a little bit of the conversation, because we hear a lot about church dropouts, um, the nuns and the duns. Um, uh, you know, People who are not any religious affiliation, when we say the nuns, we're saying N-O-N-E-S, so the none of the aboves when they fill out a religious survey. Deconstruction, people walking away from their faith. These are all things that are in the, in the conversation. Uh, what surprised you as you research character-forming discipleship in the light of all this? What stood out the most?
1: Yeah, you know, I'll just add one other group that I'm getting more and more intrigued by, Ed, and not just the nuns and the duns, but the ums, (laughs) U-M-M-S. That's those who who have taken their faith seriously and are even fond of the church. But when you ask them, especially as, say, uh, young adults, are you involved in a local church, their answer is, um... Uh, because they they have drifted, they haven't dramatically left, but they just haven't prioritized the church. You know, I would say uh, there was a lot of things that surprised us when it comes to faith beyond youth group, and I'll I'll just start with the first point of our five point compass, and that is how important it is to build trust with young people. You know, generations in general are distrustful of people, distrustful of institutions. Young people in particular don't trust institutions. You know, we in, in religion and faith, we're like neck and neck with politicians when it comes to young people and their distrust. According to one study by Springtide Research Institute, young people are almost three times as likely to have been hurt by organized religion as to trust organized religion. And so as we're trying to build faith beyond youth group and just relationships in general, I love the the principle from Stephen Covey that we can move at the speed of trust, that we can move at the speed of trust. So and part of why your daughter reaches out to you to get input about press photos, as you mentioned earlier, and headshots is because she trusts you. And so, you know, that's the task for us as adults and mentors and family members is to everyday keep building that trust with the young people we care about most.
0: Yeah, so good. And and not always so easy because again, particularly as in the their teenage years, they sometimes are, you know, basically raised by their peers, but I think yeah. parents can often underestimate the influence they have. But but you also see this just rising influence of other people. In in our case, our kids when they went off to college, it was you know we interacted sporadically at that point at their initiative or occasionally when we missed them so much we'd call them because it drove us crazy. So that's all <laughs> you know part of that journey as well. Sometimes you look back at those old pictures and you miss those you miss those times. So when you when you are trying to help people. Um, Um, think through some of these issues a a character is a is a term that that came up a lot in your research as well matter of fact it's five ways to form character and it's interesting because most things i read about dropouts and youth group and we talk about discipleship which is also in the title but character plays a key part and kind of maybe feels outdated so uh, how should we view character and how do you view character in the book
1: Yeah. You know, a lot of times we do view character as kind of what our grandparents cared about (laughs) or, you know, just strictly a list of behaviors. Or, you know, sometimes it's easy to think that character equates with producing nice, successful young people. Um, But the reality is character is so much bigger and so much more exciting. Um, And so we're trying to reclaim that word, whether or not we use it or not. We're trying to reclaim the concept. And here's our definition of character, Ed, and this is winsome to young people and builds back the trust that we were just saying that young people have lost. And it's this, character is living out Jesus's goodness every day by loving God and our neighbors. So, you know, really, if we have to uh, deconstruct character to its simplest essence, it's about love. It's about loving God and loving others as Jesus would invite us to, as Jesus models, as Jesus would want us to. And so, you know, when when young people understand that that's what faith beyond youth group looks like, that's a whole lot more compelling, especially if they are surrounded by adults who are building trust and are modeling that kind of character.
0: Yeah, so good. So good. Okay. The book again is Faith Beyond Youth Group, Five Ways to Form Character and Cultivate Lifelong Discipleship. One again, I'm going to go straight to the calls in just a moment, but I want to invite again folks to jump in if they'd like to ask a question or share a comment. It's 877-548-3675. 877-548-3675. We're going to go first to Christina in Brunswick, Ohio. Christina, you're live on the air. Go right ahead.
2: Hi. Yeah, um I was just uh trying to figure out a way to help my daughter. She's almost 16. She used to have perfect attendance with church, but we moved away from that church. Um and I try to have been I've been trying to get her to go to youth groups and she grieves up. She wants nothing to do with it. She's she always talks to her friend about God and stuff and she's helped her friends, but she doesn't want anything to do with like groups and you know, being with amongst other Christians, and I don't know what to do because I don't want to force her because that can end badly. But I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss with her. My son's perfect. He, he, he'll go to any church camp, uh, youth group, wherever, whenever. No problem with him. He's 12. But my almost 16-year-old is kind of like in her shell right now, and I don't—I I worry.
0: Oh, Christina, boy, that! Uh, thank you for your call. That twelve to sixteen is—that's uh, a huge age difference for sure. And uh, we, you know, we know from some of our data. We looked at um, some of the church dropout years. It actually starts sixteen, accelerates seventeen, eighteen, peaks around there, nineteen. Uh, and then it sort of slows after that. But that's where a lot of that transition happens. Sounds like different personalities as well. Um, so so what do you think? What advice do you give? I mean, care this is advice you give every day. She got a son who's 12, who's uh, she mentioned she got a perfect attendance, and then a daughter who's 16 is sort of the group thing's not working for her. What would you suggest?
1: Yeah, Christina, boy, I hear your mother's heart. And this is a really common question we get. What do we do if our kids don't want to go to church? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is Eugene Peterson, uh, and he talks about one of the greatest values of community for young people is it keeps them in conversation. It keeps them in conversation. So what I would say to my 16-year-old child, if they didn't want to go to church, is, uh, okay, how can, how, can, how can you be in regular conversation with at least one adult and ideally a peer or two about, about faith, about Jesus? Um, that could be a youth group. That could be that she, you and her go out to coffee every week or two and work through a book together. Interestingly, uh, my, my husband's actually doing that with our daughter, who is, is really connected to church, but she's in 12th grade. And we just want her to have, you know, kind of even more robust faith as she heads into college. And so he started uh, taking her out to coffee once a week and they're reading a book together about science and faith. She's a real sciencey kid. And, you know, honestly, she was a little skeptical at first. Um, I think if it had been totally her choice, I'm not sure that she would have done it, but now that they've been doing it for a few weeks, a, there's some free good food involved in it. And B, (laughs) you know, my husband picked a book that she, a, a topic that she's really passionate about. And so, so you know what I would say is 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 tr- how can you how can you work with your daughter to figure out a way that she stays in the conversation? The other thing that I would say, if I could be even more pragmatic um, is that a lot of times when kids don't want to connect in youth group or don't want to go to youth group, it's because they they're not connecting socially. They feel right. like they don't have any friends there. and that's intimidating for all of us, especially teenagers. Mm-hmm. What I've said to parents for decades is, you know, if, if your kid can go to an overnighter, to a weekend retreat, to a camp, to a short-term missions trip, that's about equivalent to six months of showing up on Sunday morning when it comes to relationships. And so we've seen a lot of families talk to their kids and say, we know you aren't connecting. We want you to choose one of these two or three activities coming up that you'll go to. Um, and let them choose that activity. They can even bring a friend to go with them if they want. Um, ideally, an overnight or, or one or more days, you know, off campus together with their peers, with adults in a youth group setting, and that can also be a turning point. So, so those are a couple ideas that we've seen work with families who are just like you, Christina.
0: Yeah, yeah good, good, good concern christina love love to hear that as well and uh, and super helpful you know and the faith and science question i'm a little biased on that's my weekend message here at mariners church if oh, nice! in and around southern california on vacation we're we're going through talking and i got a whole list of resources on faith and science so and preaching the the weekend on the topic so anyway love that we're uh, that that your husband and daughter that's so cool that they're doing that together all right let's go to uh, let's go to deborah in cleveland ohio she's listening on wcrf deborah you're live
2: Yes. um, Thank you so much for this topic. It is so timely. Um, I am a former youth person, a a woman of a certain age when youth groups probably just started. And I have worked with youth and I'm continuing to do that into my 70s. Uh, We recently had an event in which we had a conflict in our leadership as to how to address um, our youth group. And I echo some of the concerns that you had about it being like a pizza party for four years. And my concern is that we may not be preparing them for something more substantial if it's just like a never-ending kind of party. Um, And the younger leadership, which we also need to incorporate, that is taking over the youth group. Um, has a differing viewpoint, and of course mine is a little more old school. Um, but how do, you, how do you integrate these two very disparate kinds of opinions as to how we should go forward?
0: No, it's a good, it's a good question. Let's, let's, first of all, if you would hold on, I want to give you, I, I failed to give away a copy of the book to our first caller. So, Deborah, we want to make sure we give a copy of the book to you. So, so when after Kara answers, uh, we're, maybe we'll try to call back the other one from, with our team. Uh, but after Kara answers, uh, our producer will come on the line and give you a copy, uh, of the book. Oh, she said Karen, Karen Hendren, our producer, she's amazing. By the way, she's going to track down that other person and share that. So, so Kara, to you, what do you, what do you think from, about Deborah's yeah. question and comment?
1: Great question. Well, first, Deborah, I just take my hat off to you to be in, a youth leader for as long as you have, and awesome that you're loving young people as a, an adult in your third third of life. And to, to all others who are in that third third, um, there are so many opportunities for you to build relationships with young people. And we actually see a, a, a unique tenderness between teenagers. And senior adults. And so you're never too old to start building Faith Beyond Youth Group. So Deborah, if you, know, if you invited me to come in and, and have a coffee conversation with you and the other youth leaders at, at, in your church, I would start with this question. What is it that we agree upon? Like, what can we stack hands and say is important for young people? Um, and my hunch is that you would find that you actually agree on quite a bit together. Um, So I would start by establishing that common ground. And then what comes to mind is in our new book, Faith Beyond Youth Group, we talk about five points in a compass. And two of them seem really relevant to what you're talking about. And that's point three, which is how we teach for transformation, and point four, which is how we practice together. So you know we have all sorts of ideas about how you ask really good questions when it comes to your teaching, um, so that young people stay engaged. They're not just passive listeners. In fact, one of my mantras, and if I would be honest, I, I give myself about a B minus on this, and that might be grading generously. But it's this mantra: never make a statement if you can ask a question instead. Never make a statement if you can ask a question instead when it comes to a young person. So. So, you know, what do you agree on, you and the other leaders you're talking about when it comes to teaching? And then this fourth point, practice together. That's been one of the ones that's generated the most interest as we've shared it with youth leaders like you. How do we help young people really do something with their faith? Uh, not just learn about Jesus, but act like Jesus, be like Jesus. And again, you might find that you have a lot of commonalities in how you could do that in your youth ministry. So um, my hunch is that there's more that you agree upon than you might realize. And through an outside resource, whether it's our book, Faith Beyond Youth Group or something else, you might be able to build on that agreement.
0: Super, super good, helpful advice as well. We're going to continue our conversation with Kara Powell in just a moment, inviting your calls, 877-548-3675. Maybe you question got questions for your own situation, question about your youth group at church, jump in, 877-548-3675. We'll continue our conversation in just a moment. Stay with us. We're back at Stetzer Live. I'm at Stetzer here with Kara Powell today. Kara leads the Fuller Youth Institute and has a new book out, co-authored book, Faith Beyond Youth Group, Five Ways to Form Character and cultivate lifelong discipleship. We've been jumping into some conversation about some of these things already, but also taking your calls. Let me remind you, uh, maybe you got questions about dropouts, uh, how to engage students well for lifelong discipleship. Maybe you got questions about how churches are are, are succeeding or struggling in those areas. Our number is 877-548-3675. Again, that's 877-548-3675. We talked a lot about cultivating trust in the book, and it kind of relates to relationships as well. Um, it seems that in some ways, this, there's a difference. You know, Everyone sort of says, I'm a Gen Xer, and so then the millennials were different, the boomers were different than them, and then Gen Z. But there are some generational differences here related to relationships and trust. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So at the Full Youth Institute, we actually have spent some time really trying to understand what is unique about this generation, about Gen Z, soon to be Gen Alpha, not millennials, but today's teenagers and early 20-somethings. And so when we looked at all the academic research, as well as the popular research, we landed on three words. First, this generation is anxious. You know, when we're looking at what's happening with mental health in all generations, but especially with young people, this generation is uh, arguably the most anxious, uh, depressed, stressed generation that we've seen here in the U.S. Um, I, I don't know a family with teenage girls that's not dealing with mental health challenges. Uh, research tells me they exist. I hardly ever meet them. Um, and, and I have a teenage girl, so I'm navigating that personally at home, too. So this generation is anxious. This generation is adaptive. Oh, my goodness, Ed. They are so creative, entrepreneurial, visionary, innovative. Uh, they're like your daughter running for an election. You know, They want to be involved <laughs> in making our world a better place. And this generation, thirdly, is diverse. You know, I really celebrate the ethnic and racial diversity we have here in the U.S. In 2020, in the midst of everything that happened that year, we also crossed the line now. And uh, this generation, those under 18, according to the US Census, are now 50% young people of color. So as we're building trust, as we're building Faith Beyond Youth Group, uh, we need to know that this generation is anxious, that um, we need to help them get the mental health support they need, think about how we can alleviate, not increase pressure. This generation is adaptive. That means we can help them think about how they use their gifts and time and resources to make a difference in our world. And because this generation is diverse, the good news is there could be any adult across all diversity metrics, you know, age, ethnicity, personality. You know, if one third of young people are introverts, that means we need those introverted adults to invest in young people. Uh, Any adult can build a relationship that builds trust with a young person.
0: So good and so necessary, particularly you know, uh, multi generational conversations that that sometimes that you know that senior adult may think you know I'm the last person who can they need somebody who's 25 to engage the the 15 year old and it's not it's not what we see it, it's actually not it, we what the data supports anyway let's let's jump back onto some phone calls as well let me remind you again that you can call in and join us and that phone number is eight seven seven five four eight Three six seven five. We're gonna take calls, give away a few copies of the book. 877-548-3675. five four eight three six seven five. We're talking about faith beyond youth group ways to form character and cultivate lifelong discipleship with Kara Powell. Okay, so we're gonna go now to I think it's Leonard, Leonard, Leonard. I'm not sure which it is. From Winter Haven, Florida, you're live on the air.
2: Thank you for taking my call. I, I just um, you mentioned earlier the prevalence of um, of church hurt in youth. I think that's a, a big thing that people face. And I think because of that, um, it's really important to make sure that trust is being built in other relationships as it pertains to faith and and stuff, too. So finding those faith groups that they can trust and grow in needs to sometimes extend beyond what the church provides just to rebuild trust in the faith so they can return to the church. I was just wondering what your thoughts on, on uh, combating that a church hurt situation that we see, I think, fairly often in youth today.
0: Thanks very much. Yeah, super, super. And hang hang on the line, too, because we're going to give you a copy um, of the book right after you'll hear Kara answer, and then our producer will come on the books, uh, Faith Beyond Youth Group. So Kara, I mean, church hurt and how to respond. And and I I like particularly, you kind of talked about sometimes that's going to be outside of the church to rebuild relationships there, too. Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the themes, and not just our Faith Beyond Youth group work, but all of our work has been exactly what the caller mentioned, and that is it needs to extend, discipleship needs to extend beyond just church meetings. And how can we have adults really building relationships with young people? So uh, what we call intergenerational relationships. So one of the really helpful handholds that families have been using comes from my uh, friend, Chap Clark, who says in in youth ministry, we need a new five to one ratio. And what he means by that is, you know, if you ask a youth pastor, uh, how many adults do you want for your Sunday morning tomorrow? Or how many adults do you want for the upcoming winter retreat? They'll probably say something like, well, we want one adult for every five kids. What we're saying based on our research is it's not one adult for every five kids, it's five adults for everyone kid. We're reversing Oh my. That. Yeah, I know. Now, before anybody gets freaked out, we're not talking about five small group leaders, five Bible oh, study okay. leaders. okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's five adults who, as we say to our own kids who are 23, 21, and 17, it's five adults who are on your team. Five adults that you can reach out to if you have questions about life and faith. Uh, five adults who are your safety net, not not if you have questions or struggles, but when you do. You know, funny thing happened this week at uh, a, a 20-something who's a friend of our family. Our Their family is close to ours. He reached out to my husband because he had some financial questions and wanted to understand, you know, like about saving for retirement. So, you know, he's he's finally able to save a little bit of money. Um, And so I was just so grateful that this young man reached out to my husband as an adult he trusted. So, you know, we say five to one. There's some research support for five, but uh, really any number of adults, one, two, three adults. So last thing I would say on this um, to parents, grandparents, mentors, pastors is we don't have to keep this a secret from our young people. So part of mm-hmm. what Dave and I like asking our own kids is, you know, if you were struggling with X, who would you go to? Um, mm-hmm. You know, who would you like to spend more time with? Who, who do you really admire these days? And then we let that person know that. And we look for ways to involve those folks in our kids lives, whether it's showing up for a volleyball match, coming over for dinner. When our kids were younger, those would be the, the, the adults we want to be babysitters for our kids. Because our kids were saying they respected them and and liked them and wanted to spend more time with them. So this does not need to be a secret from your kids. You can talk to them about the team that you're, you're building to support them.
0: Yeah, that's so good. So good. And, you know, I, one of the things I've learned, uh, well, I'm learning, you know, I, I now have young adult children, but I'm relatively yeah. new at the young adult children stage. Uh, so I've been reading, reading up on this, trying to, trying to be a better young adult dad. And, uh, according to one book I read is that your young adult children, when you give them advice, they receive it as criticism. Yeah. But if they're in, which is interesting to me, I'm like, hey, you think you might do this? And they're like, well, they yeah. receive it as, well, you're not doing this. And so, but if you wait for the question, I think my daughters are probably at this point knowing if they wait for a question, like, well, sure. How can I, let's talk through this. So I've got to, i got to not be too eager. So I'm trying to learn all these things. It's not so easy. Totally.
1: Well, and that goes back to what we were saying earlier, you know, never make a statement if you can ask a question instead. Um, And I'll tell you one question that I found really helpful with my teenage and young adult children is some variation on what's your plan. Um, You know, what's your plan for today? I literally asked one of my kids that this morning, you know, what's your plan for how you're thinking about uh, getting a job this summer? And it gives them agency. (laughs) I I, I hope none of my kids ever listen to this because then they'll be on to me. Um, it It gives them a sense of agency, puts the ball in their court, but, you know, gets you a little bit of information that you're wondering as a parent. So what's your plan? Great question.
0: Oh, that's good. I like that. I matter of fact, um, I, I know for sure my kids don't listen to the radio program <laughs> because I'm I'm the host. So uh, sure, but I'm going to use sure. that now. What's your plan? There you go. What's your, What's plan? your yeah, plan? They're not all... T- exactly. I'm stealing these ideas. All right. We're going to continue our conversation with Kara Powell. we got one more segment. want to get to your calls. Again, 877-548-3675. Talking about that transition from youth age to, to maybe college or career. And more 877-548-3675. Your calls in just a moment. Hey, we're back. Ed Stetzer Live. One more segment. We've got Kara Powell on as our guest today, having a really helpful conversation around her co authored book, Faith Beyond Youth Group: Five Ways to Form Character and Cultivate Lifelong. Discipleship. In there, you mentioned that character is caught before it's taught. Kind of a, you know, it's a common phrase, I think, but it's like an essential phrase. And we've seen it in the lives of, uh, of young adults. Give us an example of this.
1: Yeah, this is a, well, another one of the surprises um, that you asked about earlier, Ed, is exactly what it is that young people are eager to see. Uh, one of the points in our five point faith value youth group, Compass, is modeling growth. And, you know, a lot of times we tend to think about that as we've got to model the victories. We've got to model everything that's going well in our lives. But young people were really eager to see adults talk about the challenges that they were experiencing, you know, ways that they were struggling and that their relationship with Jesus was active and involved even in the midst of those struggles. So, you know, with this generation, as they are deconstructing their faith, as they're asking tough questions, they need to know that we as adults, we're real people who have real questions, maybe even doubts. And while we don't want to emotionally vomit all over young people, I think for many of us, we can and should share a little bit more about some of our struggles, some of the valleys we go through, not just the victories. That's the kind of character and faith that that young people want to catch.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, we want that. We want to see that. And part of our frustration is, how do we get there? Which I think leads actually to a pretty good question. Let's go to uh, Joanne in Dayton, Ohio. Joanne, you're uh, live on the air. Go right ahead.
2: Hi there. Um, My question is about what is the best format for a youth group, especially on Sunday mornings? And if it's a little larger, like 20, 30 kids or more, um, our church is doing like just a straight lecture kind of sermon type style and having the kids fill in notes. And um, I'm just really discouraged about that, like feeling like it's um, not meeting their needs, but I'm not sure what suggestions to give the youth leaders. I've talked with them and they want to, they aren't seeing any problem with it so i wasn't sure where to go with all that
0: well you know you've come to the right place let me also give you a copy of faith beyond youth group (laughs) five ways to form character and cultivate lifelong lifelong discipleship so kara i mean this is this is it this is like the 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 setup for you to just tell us all everything we need to know so over uh, joanne thank you for your call hold on just a second listen to make make sure you listen to kara's answer then hold on for the get the book
1: well, I love the question, Joanne. And I'm I'm gonna ask answer a little bit differently because it's it's honestly impossible for me to say here's how every youth group should be structured. I need to know more about your context, your setting, your young people. But I can say this: that while head knowledge is important, that needs to be paired with relational connection. So, what a lot of youth groups do is you know they might have a, a time of worship uh, toward the beginning of their gathering. Then there is some kind of learning, some kind of reflection, some kind of content. But then there's uh, followed by processing in the context of relationship. So whether that's, you know, turn to two or three people next to you and let's talk about this. Even better is if there's more structured small groups that meet may, maybe during the midst of youth group or immediately after, and it's the same adult meeting with the same, you know, handful six, eight, maybe up to ten young people. Um, if you're really short on adult volunteers, so let me just say, Joanne, your intuition is right. That while head knowledge is important, ideally your young person would also be reflecting on it, talking to other uh, adults or young people. And let me just say, if your if your church isn't willing to make that change then maybe that's something that you might need to provide at home um, where you talk to your young person, your own child about, well, Hey, what did you, what did you talk about? What questions do you have? What do you disagree with? I love this. Speaking of asking questions is I love when I'm processing something with my kids, whether it's something I've said or something they've heard, at church or anywhere. I love asking them first, what do you disagree with and let them be critical (laughs) And then ask, what do you agree with? Um, and mm-hmm. I found my kids are a whole lot more likely to volunteer what they agree with, including if it's agreeing with me, when they have first mm-hmm. been able to critique. So, so I support your intuition, Joanne, that ideally there would be some relational processing, um, perhaps at church or maybe at home. And, you know, maybe you swing by your favorite coffee house uh, every week or every other week just to have that quick, even 10 or 15 minute conversation
0: you have so many like mad skills and tricks with these, with these kids today. You're like, so I let them answer. What do they just, what are they (laughs) list like? And it said, it's so good. I could talk to you uh, all day long. And I think our our folks are are finding some real helpful uh, resources as, as well. We're so thankful. Okay. Let's continue our questions. I think Layla's just got a follow-up question from an earlier thing. You mentioned Layla, you're live on the air. Go right ahead.
2: Okay, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I noticed uh, when you all were mentioning about the five adults per one person or, or whatever, student or whatever, I'm wanting to find out what's the process for that. Do you uh, get up the person, all the people that are volunteering, and you introduce yourself? How do you, you know what I mean? How do you get to the process of assigning people or do they say, hey, I want this person or what? If I'm making sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're making a lot of sense. It's great. Well, hang on the line too, because I think when you said that, you know, I actually have a friend who did this recently. A matter of fact, I think Matt Matt Chandler talked about it, where he brought for his for his kids, he brought like these key adults in his life, and this person said, "I'm going to be for you this way, and I'm going to be for you this way." And it sort of, when you said five to one, that's what came to my mind. But that's not what I think you were saying. Like, there's not this gathering where at this liminal moment you cast them into adulthood with them and walk with them. So, how would that work? How how do five invest in the one?
1: Well, it can be. I mean, every family can do this differently in a way that fits them and their kids. So, you know, like I said earlier, and by the way, I love how you're asking the pragmatic, how do we actually do this question? Thanks for driving toward that. Um, You know, I would, again, start with my young person and ask, who are some adults you'd like to get to know better? Who are some adults you really like? And so uh, ideally, that will give you a few adults. And then you let those adults know, hey, you know, my kid, my stepkid they said that you're someone they'd like to get to know. So is it okay if I invite you to their soccer games or maybe to come over for dinner sometime in the next month? Uh, you know, what adult is going to say no to that? They're, they're going to say yes. And so, you know, you kind of organically start forming that team. If your kid doesn't name any adults, well, then you pay attention to who is it that your kid is talking to at church? What adults do you think they might Want to get to know better, and you do the same same thing. You invite them to your their basketball game or over for dinner. Now, at times, you know to use the what Matt Chandler did. We did something similar when our kids turned thirteen. We kind of had a ritual with them where they spent one on one time with different adults. When our kids turn eighteen, they're all volleyball players, so we also have this ritual where we give them a volleyball signed by the adults who are important in their lives. And so, you know, I've driven these volleyballs all over Southern California. And let me tell you, my 23-year-old son, we gave it to him over five years ago. He still got it proudly displayed on his bedroom shelf. The adults who are meaningful to him who have said, yeah, we're on your team. So, so I would say ideally start organically, start by asking your kids. And then there might be times when your kid turns 13, when they get their driver's license, 18, going away to college, when you want to do something a little more structured, present a bunch of notes create a video where people, you know, give you short video clips of what they love about their kid, or Ed, to use the example you gave, where adults are really tangibly naming. I can help you with, you know, in my husband's case this week, it's financial planning and stewarding your resources. So, so those are some of are my first ideas, Layla.
0: So and good ideas indeed. Again, you've been listening to Ed Stetzer Live here on Moody Radio. Super thankful for the conversation that we've had today with Kara Powell. The book, the resource, I want to encourage you to give away a few copies. The book is actually uh, Faith Beyond Youth Group, Five Ways to Form Character and Cultivate Lifelong Discipleship. We got a comment online as well that I share with you. Uh, this is from Tom. Tom said, My church, before I recently moved, got three adults to pray for each boy and girl during middle school and high school. Each year, the adults switch to a different young prayer partner the students who requests could request someone they wanted to be assigned to them and parents could make that request too i think this helps but the thing i saw helping the most was this close open relationship with parents and i think that's so true and i want to encourage the parents out there to uh, to not give up um that it's it is complex i think even something that you heard kara say a few minutes ago that you know she doesn't know a family with with teenage girls that hadn't had some mental health challenges. I mean, it doesn't mean that doesn't exist. Or and we, we, we can tell we have a crisis of young men, you know, after we have a young adult survey, uh, excuse me, service Thursday night at Mariners. and. Uh, After I talk about faith and science, I had a group of young men gather around me with questions. And and I I just wanted to say, hey, man, we could spend hours. This is great. But I felt like they didn't have somebody ask those questions, too. We we are at crisis point in some ways. And so let's engage that next generation uh, in loving, caring ways that ultimately do what the book talks about. Move faith beyond youth group, five ways to form character and cultivate lifelong discipleship. Let me remind you that we have a great team here. My producer, Karen Hendren, my engineer, Bob Moreau, Laura's man on the phones today, doing a great job. To hear today's program again, you'll find it at edstetzerlive.com or the Moody Radio app. And remember, Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, and Moody Radio is a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Look forward to talking to you next time on Ed Stetzer Live.